This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And I'm coming to you from, I believe, it is a virtual joint once again. Well, of course it's a virtual joint because we're still in lockdown. But you would never believe it because we're actually slowly coming out of lockdown. And we'll talk about that in one moment as I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my man Dave Laney Lane. How are you doing, Laney? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Uh, I've enjoyed the last few days um, and um, I've enjoyed the international break so far as well. So uh, it'd be nice to uh, get that out of the way and get Brentford back on the uh, back on the menu again. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. That's right. And, I mean, I'm, I'm here and I'm li- I've got to say I'm a little bit jaded. Um, and, and the reason why I'm a little bit jaded is because I'm feeling a bit tired because I've, 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 had, I've had a bit of activity in the last sort of 24 hours and, you know, so much activity, you know, you can't handle it. You realise that when you're sort of kind of sitting in and around your house for so long, when you actually go out and do something and, and you actually do something, you know, rather than go to the shops or, you know, or pop around to, you know, to park or something like that, it actually takes a lot out of you. And... Um, <laughs> We had a bit of a laugh the last 24 hours, didn't we, lady? We kind of decided that we had enough and we needed to just kind of get a bit of fresh air, just get out there, go and see the world. And, you know, listen, you know, we're going to say this as well. Everyone needs to keep safe out there. We've still got a pandemic out there. So you need to have your own risk assessment to make sure you keep yourself and others safe as well. But we thought, you know, I've I've had the jab. You know, you've had the jab. There's a load of us who had the jab. And we just thought, tell you what let's get a little bit of fresh air so we jumped on a train went down to Brighton and we sat on the seafront and we sat there all day and we had a little pocket of six or just under six as well all socially distanced as it was and we looked at the crowds around us and everybody was down there having a good time all socially distanced I would say again and it was just really nice to see people who had smiles on their faces. They were chatting to each other. You could see they're enjoying themselves. And it was like a release, wasn't it, Laney? 
yeah it was lovely uh it was very unusual we've not done anything like that for such a long time and it was just like a, a brentford away day uh yeah just the two of us uh, meeting up on the train and then sitting down there with our masks and uh just having a little chat um and then getting our red and white deck chairs and uh sat, sat, sat around having a having a few nice cold drinks with mates and uh yeah as you say it was it was a bit odd and um it's going to take getting used to again and it just shows you like how quickly you get used to or get climatized to not doing anything really and you know that's you, you, even even something as simple as meeting with a, a group of friends and sitting down on the on the on the, on the beach seems like uh, an, an incredible luxury and uh yeah so it's uh, I, th- I think we're gonna really enjoy uh, the unlocking of life again and uh you know simple pleasures and and but I, i've enjoyed that more than i've enjoyed pretty much anything for for quite a while so uh yeah it's lovely to see people yeah i mean I've, I've i've really really enjoyed it and i and like i said you know the weird thing is like i said to you i got on the train i remember sort of kind of you know leaving me house getting down to the to, to the station jumping on the tube as it was the tube was fairly quiet uh the one thing i noticed is that you know by the time i got down to london bridge it was a lot quicker than the journey normally because if i do that say for an away day or if i'm going down to Brighton or something like that i know exactly how long it's going to take to london bridge so i kind of got there earlier so you know i messaged you saying i'm i'm, I'm actually on time you know <laughs> i'll be able to meet you whenever you know whenever we rearranged and uh, i jumped on the tube again i put on the mask again the not the tube i got jumped on the train put on a mask and uh the train again was very quiet you know even going down to brighton you know not very many people on there at all so you, you know you had your your own little kind of force a four chair and uh you know thames link train so you know very spacious so you know you didn't feel like you know somebody is in your space at all so i thought that was uh, i thought that was really good but then as i sat there i just thought to myself this is like going to I feel like I'm going to Brentford away day you know I've got the Brentford flag in me in me me rucksack here you know I was wearing my Brentford shirt and I really felt like I was going away down I thought the last time I did this was actually Cardiff which was around about I think the 22nd of February 2020 which was 13 months ago so literally have not done that for 13 months jumped on the train we got off at the other end you know went to the off license picked up some drinks went down to the beach all the other characters came they're all local brighton bees you know some worthing bees south coast bee you know monty the bee all sorts of bees that sort of kind of met us and uh, it really was like a brentford away an old school away day i'd say it's one of those away days when we we weren't actually very good and the football didn't matter so much and we actually probably didn't even see very much of the game did that remember, remember this is for you lady yeah it was it was pretty much like that and uh but yeah we just we just, we just sat around didn't we and just talked about old days and new days and you know um just chewed the fat and sup sup the ale and uh yeah so uh it was it was uh, a bit jaded this morning though as you said it was uh just not quite not quite used to it no <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, luckily, I don't. Like I said, I don't get hangovers, and uh, as you know, I haven't been drinking that much this lockdown. And I have to admit, I think that I drank probably as much yesterday as I've drunk in the last thirteen months. Um, so that just gives you an idea of kind of how much fun we were having. Fun is the word, as you say. But anyway, but we've we've also had a little bit fun in this lockdown as well because we decided to flip up the podcast, uh, and instead of doing, you know, either just not doing the podcast at all or doing an international podcast where you sort of talk about international football we thought let's try this question time podcast so 
you know, pull together this Christian Pan podcast and I'd, I will say to you, first of all, the fans out there who I asked to send your questions, I really appreciate the questions that came in. They were fantastic and it was very hard to try and just pin down 10 because like I said to you, we've got enough there for four podcasts, four 10-question podcasts there. And then we recorded the podcast and when I recorded it, I realised that is just so much content in here. We're going to have to split it into two. So there are actually two podcasts, a part one and a part two of the first ever question time podcast where basically fans put in their questions they sent in their questions and then we tried to answer them and uh, it was a lot of fun and like i said to you really good and if you check it out on pride of west dot london now it's just check it out it's an evergreen so it's not like it's going to be out of date tomorrow or the day after or next week when you get some time just check it out because it will make you smile we've got a lot of very 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 good comments a lot of good feedback come back for that some people have come back to us and say they reckon it's the best podcast that we've ever done which i think is uh, you know thanks very much for that feedback and really appreciate it was there was a lot of hard work in it there was about 30 different voices or probably th- about 30 plus different voices in there if you imagine if you know doing a mix down actually having to put them onto different tracks and mix it and all that kind of stuff yes there's loads of work but enjoyed doing it so we could bring you some more stuff and uh yeah i mean laney you 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 i mean i was open for that one as well for you innit? i really enjoyed it uh i wasn't quite sure what kind of questions we would get or how many we would get or the quality of them but yeah it it, it the, the the punters have really surpassed my expectations and uh as you said it was just uh it was just nice to do something a little bit different and uh yeah i, I really thoroughly enjoyed being part of it um we, we, it's food for thought as well isn't it it kind of just opens opens different avenues up so you know we'll we'll be trying a few more things next season I'm sure yeah I mean we've decided we were going to put out because like I said we've got so many questions we, we said we're going to try and put a second one out maybe in a few weeks time and then we had a little think about it and I thought actually tell you something it's one of these ones which we need to save for the, the weeks where there's no football so you know international week like now you know at the end of the season you know when there aren't games we do that again you know I think you know international window so I think we'll save it for kind of these special little holes or else what we'll do is that we'll have far too much content and it'll probably become a little bit you know samey samey so we think you know we've got questions already lined up and uh, we'll have more questions coming in as well so very much looking forward to this so uh, but Laney I mean what was um, I mean I know we've got some really good questions what was the one that you sort of kind of you enjoyed the most or you found the most interesting either the question or the answers that came out of it i really i really like thinking back to the 90s and and trying to trying to work out who who were the kind of most technically gifted players that we had um during what was kind of a kind of a traumatic decade you know it started on the high um went went even higher and then went all the way down to the lows and the depths and then it sort of ended on a bit of a high so it was a bit of a roller coaster decade and, and although we had some you know some some very average players during certain squads we had some exceptional talent um, and it just made you think that you know what which of those players would fit or could fit into today's setup or whether you know we could cherry pick a player from the past and then you know air, air drop them into the squad and you know it, it be even be improved you know I think the the the, the uh, sort of the, the comparison between Pontus and Herman Horidison is you know particularly interesting you know both uh, international quality uh, defenders and, and I think you know Herman could sort of dovetail into this team right now so could people like Gavin Marne um, so could 
uh, Nicky Forster, um, so could probably Bob Taylor. You know, with today's training and fitness regimes, they'd be even better than they were. So yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that, and it was good just to get a whole kind of spectrum of different opinions, um, which you know I think it actually added to the to the overall podcast. And it's interesting because the question, that question in particular, was um, asked by Yehuda, who's the Israeli bee as well. And he's um, he didn't know the 90s, but he'd actually bought the book in the 90s and he found the 90s really interesting. So he's almost like he's, uh, you know, he's a young bee, but he's actually trying to get the thoughts of people who are there um, to, to ask them the question. But the thing is, the, there was a bit of a fluff because the, the Allard was the main person answering that question. And he, and it's not only blaming the Allard, because obviously we also talked about it afterwards as well. And we all happened to miss out one person who, I mean, I'll not be funny, but I've spoken to him quite a lot in the last year as well. And I can't believe we left this one player out of this uh, 90s most technical player, didn't we, Laney? Yeah, Tony Folan was was the player, and we kind of went, oh yeah, no, you, you kind of just feel a bit gutted for him that you, you didn't mention him in the pod, but we're giving him the props afterwards. But you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there are others. To be honest, I'm, I'm, you know, this is not exclusive to the ones we mentioned. Sure, you know, we, there there were players that we had that for whatever reason were in the wrong team, or we were playing we were playing the wrong wrong kind of football to to suit their suit their talents. You know players like Alan Cockrum you know he, he he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place when when Phil Holder came in because he was a you know a very technically gifted player um, who'd come through the, the Tottenham um, Academy uh, and he was capable of playing so much better football than we wanted him to play so you know again um, with with different uh, fitness regimes and different coaching um, I'm sure he if he had his time again, would be a great player for Brentford. He was at the time, and you know, but it's, it's as I said, you know, we we had clashes of styles. People people came in and they wanted to achieve success by 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 not necessarily playing the prettiest football. So you know, that's that that, that was kind of the dilemma with some of these players. Yeah, and, and and for me, I mean, the questions I thought you know quite interesting. I mean, I love the fact that we had our very own Ted Lasso on the podcast, Scott from um, Tampa in Florida as well, and he was talking to us about the MLS. He was giving us a little bit of schooling on how the MLS works as well. Then we talked about relegation and and what our worst ever relegation was, which was I thought was an interesting point as well. And also there was uh, the reverse result. If we if you could actually choose one of our failures in any of the finals, which one would you actually reverse out of all of them? Whether or not it's going to be you know 1985 Wigan you know Leyland Daff or whether or not it was kind of Yeovil in the playoffs or whether or not it was kind of you know Cardiff you know when we played Stoke in the playoffs so that was a really interesting one because people you know gave their point of view on that you have to check it out on the podcast as well but the one that I really made me laugh chatting about actually was talking about 333 the police officer 333 who is a right oh he was horrible he was and you know for us actually just coming out with the tales there was scary carry yourself myself just talking about 333 the police officer who pretty much terrorized us through the back end of the 80s and the 90s as well and tried to get all my coaches banned and closed down and had all sorts of altercations with him and um yeah that was uh that was really really interesting as well talking about him you you, you weren't happy with him at all were you lady no, but I have to say, for I because obviously we I started 
doing the fanzine I started you know the print the print edition of Besotted in 1990 so this was like prime 333 uh, era and I don't actually remember you know there was kind of some grief early on the club weren't quite happy that we were we were doing the fanzine that didn't last too long you know it was just something new that had appeared um, and you know obviously we were selling it outside the ground um, and the, you know so the police were always buzzing around and asking what we were doing and you know what is it what, what you know what, what what was it we were actually selling to start with but they they didn't interfere um, not that they could have done or should have done but you know I think once they realized it was something for the fans and you know we, we weren't distributing any 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 nonsense then uh, you know I, I think they just left us alone but you know I, I don't think uh, I don't think I ever had a conversation with him, which was un- unusual. I don't think so. So he was, he was too. He was too. He was too busy. Too. too he was too busy blooming, running around after you. Oh God! He, he was my. Oh, he was my. He was the nemesis. I oh, mate. He, he made my life absolute hell. He really, really did. It was one of those ones where, you know, like I said to you earlier on, I had to look out for the 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 the, 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 the neo Nazis trying to kick the head in around the terraces on Brentford in the earlier days, and then in the later days and later of the eighties, I had to run around trying to avoid this guy trying to been just get me for absolutely anything whatsoever. You know, I remember even that time when I, I think actually even that time when I organized the um even that time when i organized the uh and i didn't talk about this but i organized the the the, the samba band on the terrace do you remember that when i yeah, organized I do, yeah. the whole samba band like even played on the terrace and like you know and, and then i've got all these school children and they all got them from the local schools and they made some sort of you know samba maracas or whatever like that we saw you had a sort of samba workshop and then they turn up all these like 300 school kids with a samba band playing on the terrace and there's all sorts of samba music and it's all kicking off and instead of like you know three, three it's great and you know lead who was actually in the community at the time he said to me yeah that's great Billy you know Spongy yeah we love what you're doing here this is fantastic they're all like no free 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 had to come and try to see if he can arrest me for kind of noise abatement or something something ridiculous it really bad it's like no no this is good he's like no 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 I've had a few complaints people aren't happy so I, I'm going to see if I can arrest you and it's just like oh, no <laughs> so um yeah so free 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 he, he brings back some very bad memories and one day I think I'm going to show you that photograph of me and him in the confrontational pose lady yeah, I think I look forward you. To you. <laughs> Talk, talking of old photographs um i've i've been contacted by a um a, a photographer that used to come down and and take pictures in the mid 80s to mid 90s and i've i've basically agreed with him to have access to a whole new library of of photographs that i've I'd never seen. You know, I don't. You know, I think you're aware. You know, obviously the 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 seventies, eighties, and nineties books that I, I did with Greville um, and Mark Croxford, and obviously the, the 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 big book of Griffin Park and the one two five book and Harry Curtis book and the recolor. But I mean, I've been a lot of Brentford books, and I've got access to a ridiculous amount of photographs. But to get to get a, a whole new uh, archive, um, sort of like shown to me was obviously something that you know is is, is you know i i love you know being able to see these so um i'm just trying to currently work out the best way of, of sharing them really um so yeah watch this space so there's there's some absolute buttes from from the 80s and 90s and uh you know i've got so i've got some pictures that haven't been seen still from from those decades so i'm just yeah as i said trying to work out what best to do with them so there might be another book 
uh, next, well, this Christmas, next Christmas. I'm not, I'm in no rush to do it, but you know, it would be great to be able to show people these these pictures because, uh, you know, as I said, there's some there's some stunning ones there. Excellent. Okay, which is good. So anyway, let's moving on to uh, modern times as it is, because there's been a little bit of retro track here, which is no retro chatting, retro tracking, backtracking, mm. which is all good, but. The international window, which we've just had, and that's why we've had this break, that's why we feel quite relaxed. It's actually been quite a good international for the bees, because, uh, well, international window for the bees, because normally we get a little bit nervous beforehand. Like I said to you in uh, Herman Horizonson days, we were so proud to have like an international play for Brentford, and now we're like, oh no, this is a big problem for us. We want them to rest, we want them not to make sure they get injured. So, uh, but it was actually quite a good international window, and I'm saying that because we're recording on the Wednesday and there's still some more games to play, but at the moment now, it looks like, um, well, we had uh, Ethan Pinnock, he played for Jamaica against the USA. I watched that game. Um, the USA came strong on that one, and Jamaica got a little bit of a pounding. It was only friendly but they got beaten 4-1 and uh, Ethan Pinnock had a little bit of a hard time I would say in that game it's great that he got his debut and he's probably played the match but I think that you know there's a little bit of work that needs to be done to to bring that team together so that they're actually going to be a bit of a force to qualify for the next World Cup not saying they're a bad team but it was, it was early days you know and uh, also positive but the positive thing that everyone looked at is Wally Watkins playing for England as well he made his England debut and he scored a goal on that and that was a I know he's left us and it might a lot of people say that's really sad you know he's left you we've, we've had loads of players who played for us and they moved on and they've played for England or they've played at a high level and it's not a big deal but for Brentford fans it was a big deal because this is pretty much the first time this has happened in anybody's lifetime and probably a tinge of sadness because it possibly could have happened with him playing for Brentford if we had gone up last season, but we won't go into that too much. But it was really good, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, it was lovely. And you know, I, I, on behalf of all Brentford fans, we don't need anyone's permission to share the joy of seeing a player <laughs> who's who just left uh, playing for England. You know, we were a massive part of uh, his his uh, his development, and um, you know, seeing seeing him play with Dean Smith and Esri Concer, and Esri Concer, I'm sure, will play for England. Full team soon. The, the amount of uh, you know discussion and talk about him and you know being linked with moves to Liverpool, etc., um, or Man City, and you know he, he's going to go one step further than Aston Villa. And why not? You know, why not share in the in the in the in the vibe and the and the good news story? You know, it's I, I I don't think we need to you know have anyone's permission to do that so uh, if you think it's sad then keep it to yourself you know it's fine um i think uh, mads beck sorensen just come through um the denmark under 21 game with russia under 21s uh with a clean sheet so they they've had a, a, a decent uh, uh they've qualified break. yeah they qualified there as well yeah, yeah. which is great but, but also mads but, but, but mads Bex as well i mean he's had a great but also in his last game as well he, he scored a goal against yeah. Iceland. They won 2-0, so he, he scored a goal as well, which is great for him. And uh, he came out as FIFA actually kind of sort of flagged him up as being basically sort of top player um, in, in, well, in that round of matches as well. You know, 96% passing accuracy, a, a few of the passes that he did, to be fair, he, they were sort of Barbay-esque, you know, mm. sort of kind of long-field cross-passes to feet of his other players. And I, I think maybe what's happened is that Madsbeck 
getting that game time for Brentford against some very high quality opposition is obviously up to his game. So he's gone into the under 21s and he's like he's he's balling now as far as he's concerned because he's not he's not playing sort of against Rochdale and against Accrington Stanley. You know he's playing against you know some you know Nor- Norwich and he's playing against you know even Derby County Wayne Rooney's Derby County and he's playing against you know Watford. So that's obviously up to his game. And even though there might be some frustration with these fans, you know, listen, he's obviously at a certain level and he is also very young. You know, he's in the under 21s, mate. He's, he's probably young. They beat France 1-0. And, uh, and Bumo is, you know, in, the, in and out of the France under 21s. But the France under 21s are leading into the French main team, which is a, which is a big team. They beat them 1-0 as well in a, in a competitive match. So he's, he's done very well, hasn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and then the, the senior Denmark team—they're on a, an incredible run of results as well. I mean, they, they lost to, to, to Belgium away four-two, but you know, the, the Belgium are the best team probably in the world at the moment, arguably. Um, apart from that, they've just been winning, winning every game, including beating England. So uh, the, the, the Denmark full team are in Austria. Um, tonight, so the, the team hasn't been quite announced, but I would imagine that uh, Jensen and Norgard will feature um, again in in those. Um, Jensen obviously scored in the uh, the eight 0 win over Moldova at the weekend, so yeah, positive. Hopefully they all come back uh, uh, in one piece. That's 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 the, that's the next part of tonight. Get through these games and uh, get back without any injuries. That's right, no injuries, but also come back reinvigorated and excited. You know, you'd like to think that Jensen. It's going to be buzzing after scoring a goal. You're going to think that Norgard and Jensen playing in the midfield together and coming out and getting an 8-0 win, they'll come back buzzing as well. Marcus Force, he was on the bench for the last game, so I don't know, you know, the final game, whether or not he'll actually get off the bench for that as well. But, you know, in a way, we hope that he doesn't so that he remains fresh for the bees. But, you know, in reflection... A really good international window for Brentford. Some people turn around and say, no, they shouldn't be playing these games. You know, they should be kind of mothballing them and keeping them for the clubs. But there's two arguments to that. And I just think that if they can go away, they can have a different environment. They can score some goals. They can come back buzzing. You know, hopefully they'll get that buzzing feeling and they'll put it into the buzzy bees. But anyway, talking about buzzy bees, the buzzy bees have got a game at the weekend. We've got a game on Saturday against Huddersfield it's live on Sky 12.30 kickoff. so we're going to be up bright and early ready to watch that game and the good thing about it is that a lot of the games had already been played on the Friday which is probably a good thing sometimes it's not such a good thing because it puts a little bit of pressure on you but the games are going to be played on the Friday so Brentford are going to be pretty much on their own there might be one or two games on the Saturday but you know so that's it so Saturday 12.30 we are playing Huddersfield Town we're going to have a little break and afterwards we're going to come back and talk about Huddersfield. So we're going up to Huddersfield Town on Sky. Huddersfield, one win and two draws on Sky this season. Unbeaten. So we're, if there's, there's one record that we need to beat is that unbeaten Sky record for a start. Like You know what I'm saying? We need to go out there and get the points. Huddersfield, a bit of a strange season that they've had. I mean, I've been delving around. I've got a little bit of info on Huddersfield. I've been doing my research. But I'll tell you what, instead I thought, let's go over to Richard from Andy Takes That Chance podcast because he knows everything about Huddersfield. He's going to give us the lowdown of what's been going down up there. Hi, guys. It's Richard Cosmala here from the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, we've been doing a podcast uh, now. We're in our third season 
We've just recently done our 100th episode, which we're very proud of as well, considering the uh, fortunes of Odyssey Town since we started have been absolutely shocking. Uh, we started it in the Premier League second season, which if you guys might remember, we were pretty much down by Christmas, barely got any points, won any games. It was pretty miserable every other week having to you know, talk about a defeat. Obviously, the season after, not much better last season. Uh, started under Jan Siever, ended under Danny Cowley. Again, we were flirting with relegation right till the end, managed to stop up. But pretty much, yeah, downbeat chat, misery and a lot of disgruntled supporters, really. Under a new chairman, uh, Phil Hodgkinson, which uh, kind of divided opinion, really, in the club. Uh, with not much unity around. And obviously, this season under Carlos Corberan, yeah, we've struggled uh, by and large since Christmas. But we were hoping for better things. But again, it's turned out to be another season of struggle. We've still got work to do uh, to stay in the division as well. Uh, yeah, the podcast, we've been really lucky in, in the... Uh, in the lockdown uh, time, we had like Peter Jackson, the next manager of ours, which we did a special with him, fantastic podcast. Sean Jarvis, who's the CEO at Leicester County C- Cricket Club, if I could say it right. And uh, yeah, he used to be commercial manager there. Yeah, we've had uh, Michael Heffley, who kind of a, a cult uh, centre-back, key in the promotion season as well. Dean Hoyle, uh, our ex-chairman. We've had Phil Hodgkinson, the new chairman, on a few times. We've been really lucky to chat to some of our heroes and some of the big uh, noises at the club, really. So we're really proud of that. And, uh, yeah, obviously it's been difficult, you know, trying to watch games just an eye follow every other week. Can't wait to get back in a bit like you guys. I mean, obviously, you've had it even worse, haven't you? You know, Griffin Park never got to say goodbye and you've not even uh, been in the new stadium yet. So let's hope we can all get back to it in August. So yeah, our season yeah has been a bit up and down really, uh, kind of more down than ups it feels. So started off obviously with Carlos Cobran joining. I was kind of uh, chuffed with the uh, appointment really. I was not a big Danny Cowley fan. Uh, it wasn't the biggest surprise to me that he kind of parted company, even though a lot of people outside of Huddersfield were surprised about that as well. You could kind of feel one or two things not right behind the scenes. So yeah, brand new approach with Corbran, really kind of exciting early on. We had a bad start. Uh, remember, the, I think the first game was a League Cup game against Rochdale. We lost that. Uh, we lost to Norwich the first game and then we played you guys and you proper brushed us aside, really. Three defeats in a row and you're thinking, wow, what what have we kind of signed up to here? But things kind of improved, really, in that as well. Uh, some exciting football, really. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, full-backs pushing forward. Harry Toffolo, we've missed with what we're playing Saturday. Uh, with key early doors with Pippa, right back that we signed from Espanol, Espanol B. He's been really good. Uh, but yeah, the season then kind of took off a little bit. We had a fantastic win against Swansea. In fact, we've done the double over them, which is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, we beat Watford just before Christmas. That we were quite good at home until Christmas, to be honest with you. That were a really good win. I think that was the last game of... Uh, God, I forgot his name, the Watford manager, but obviously they've got Cisco in now, he's done really well. Uh, but yeah, things were looking good, and to be honest, not thinking of a playoff challenge, but we were, you know, we were in looking in a really good form. Uh, and then we got a key injury to Josh Caroma, who was massive in the first half of the season. He, uh, you know, has been sorely missed, and to be honest, he's not back on Saturday, might be a couple of weeks away. We lost Carl Lighting, who's been a lone guy from Ajax. He was like a playmaker in midfield. We'd never really replaced him. So fortunes tumbled, really. We had a shocking post-Christmas, which was weird, really, because I didn't see it coming, to be honest with you. Just before the last game of last year, we beat Blackburn late on. Nabisar, who, wow, he's such a player, he means. He's in, no in-between. He's either brilliant or absolutely dire. 
uh, scored the winner in kind of last two minutes and stuff. And we were looking good, and but it's gone wrong since then. We've had a lot, a lot of injuries. Uh, Sam Knight, Silabrat there, bless her. A lot, a lot of injuries. Yeah, and they've really hurt us. Uh, the depth is, in the squad's been really poor, relying on young kids uh, to come in who... Uh, you know, have not really kind of cut the mustard a lot of them as well. There's been some strange ones from Corbin. It's not really trusted a lot of the young players. And, uh, yeah, we've struggled. But we're getting one or two back now, which is good. I mean, Danny Ward, we signed from Cardiff. He's barely kicked a ball for us, being poor. Fraser Camel's had to lead the line most of the season. But all of a sudden, now from having hardly any strikers, we've got a few. Uh, we signed Uman Niasse, who uh, may be on the bench on Saturday. Although there's rumours he's got an injury in training shock. Uh, who played at Everton uh, I think he played a little bit at Hull City as well and uh, Sonogo who's been okay uh, kind of you might remember him from Arsenal I think he was touted as a wonder kid back in 2015 but lost his way hence his end up at Huddersfield but kind of a lot of signings on the cheap really we're just trying to kind of get by to the end of the season uh, to really regroup really because then we kind of get rid of uh, you know God, I can hardly say his name really he's been a disaster uh, Alex Pritchard, yeah, you obviously know him and have good memories of him, but we don't. He's been awful. We overpaid for him and it's been absolutely shocking. Uh, Dama Diacabi, we've bombed out now and that as well. So uh, Isaac and Benzer, who has actually been okay this season, but I think his contract's up at the end of the season. There's an option for another year. Uh, Janina Bakuna, he splits opinion. He can so frustrate you, but he can produce some quality as well. But a lot of these guys, I think it'd be a quite of a changed team next season, but it's good. We need to get rid of kind of a lot of the high earners out, and chairman's been all put on record. To be honest with that, we're kind of rebuilding, you know, and then going in uh, with a kind of low budget approach, which has left many of the fans questioning kind of where we're heading as direction of a club, because you wouldn't believe that we were in the Premier League really a couple of years ago. There's no legacy, and uh, yeah, it's been a real struggle. It's kind of a lot of uh, dissenting voices in the background, and I do think if they open the ground now, I'll just. Wondered how many we would get in, really. I think the club and its fans are at loggerheads at the moment. Yeah, obviously, Bielsa has mentioned all the time uh, with Corboran, but Corboran's style has been really interesting, uh, very similar, you know, to what Bielsa was doing. You know, kind of high intensity pressing game. You need a lot of fitness, having uh, kind of a lot of the ball. But it's got to a stage, certainly after Christmas, where there was no. Plan B, uh, it was all the same way, it was almost like the plan is to be better at plan A rather than plan B, but that has changed in the last month and we've gone kind of a bit more direct, uh, which to be fair has probably culminated with the signing of Snuggo, more of a kind of a target man, so we've gone long quite a bit where normally we try and play out with the back and we've had some you know, good success with it, but some disasters as well, if you've seen any of our highlights, Nabisar and others gifting the ball away in the six-yard box, you know, to the opposition and being punished, so it has been a bit of a miss, really, but I do like the style, and I do enjoy kind of watching him play. Away from home, we've been awful, which is really weird, considering, uh, you know, it shouldn't make any difference, should it, home or away now, with no fans in, but we've been dreadful. Uh, the only away game we've won recently was at QPR with your old man Warburton the other week. They were really poor and to be fair, I think if they'd have put their chance in the first half, we'd have lost there again. But before that, I don't think we'd won since the end of October when we uh, give Millwall a good thumping as well. So, yeah, we, we have some kind of good players in the side. Lewis O'Brien's been a real disappointment this season. Last season's player of the year, but he's shown signs of form recently and that as well. I mentioned Josh Caroma, uh, who's been really good. Uh, and we can't wait to see him back. Let's hope that he can just carry on the form 
you know, that has been left off as well. Pippa's been really uh, good overall as a full-back, although dipped a little bit recently. Harry Toffolo, uh, we've missed. Uh, Romani Edmonds Green come back into the back line. He could be a good one for the future. And yeah, there's a quite a lot, I mentioned before, a lot of the youngsters, uh, you know, we've not, he's not really trusted as Corberan. So, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see next season. I think we're two or three quality signings away from pushing, which might sound mad looking at our league position, but I think, think the problem is do you trust the kind of the recruitment team at Udershield to get the right guys in compared to yours I mean you just, just strike gold don't you like Ivan Tony you know we we just been awful our signings so until the recruitment team can prove to me you know that they can bring in the right guys then I'm a bit unconvinced that you know Corberan can take us much higher than maybe mid-table and that as well uh, so the automatic frame it's been quite interesting obviously from above watching it I mean after we play you on Saturday, we've got Norwich away. Obviously, Norwich look kind of done and dusted as well. So once we bet twice, maybe we caught them on bad days, but we were really, uh, you know, good against them, especially at home. It was incredible. We were like four up after an hour. I mean, granted, they had 10 men because of an injured guy, but yeah, we really took them uh, to the cleaners. That that were pretty interesting. Uh, impressive, sorry. And away from home, we were, you know, good as well. Obviously, you did a job on us, but it was early days under Carlos back in August. It was an easy afternoon and probably one of the easiest you'll have had all season. So I'm, I'm expecting us to give you a, a tougher game, you know, on the Saturday, especially, you know, kind of with sky cameras. But just never know with town. I, I think we might get a draw, to be honest with you, but nothing had surprised me, you know, even if you kind of take a, took us apart and that as well. I've been really impressed with what you guys have done, especially with obviously losing the much, uh, you know, hyped BMW. Uh, kind of front line as well you've done brilliant to kind of regroup and come back in and that as well uh, what do we have to do to get a result for us we've got to keep you out at the back which has been a real struggle you know keeping any kind of clean sheets although we have improved recently but against poor opposition I would say so yeah it's going to be uh, interesting game looking forward to watching it as well and uh, yeah it's going to be uh, you know I think a tale of whether you know we can keep you out because I think we'll score. To be honest with you, I think I'm going for a two-two prediction, and uh, I wish you all the best in the playoffs because you guys deserve some luck. God, I'm I'm even talking a few years ago from the Doncaster. You remember the Billy Pitt, obviously kind of wounded, weren't you, from some of them finishes? You've had some shockers, really, and uh, you know last season again another heartbreak. But yeah, just hope that. You know, I don't know if you'll get top two now, but I think you could be the ones uh, to get up. And imagine that Premier League next season in your new stadium would be special. So yeah, wish you all the best, guys. Brentford Olds, uh, good memories for the Southfield Town fans. And obviously, the pubs on the corner. It's a great away day. I wish you all the best. Maybe not on Saturday. So let's share the spoils. Two two. So that was Richard from, and he takes that chance podcast a little bit frustrated as you can hear and and say understatement to say that he's a little bit frustrated against a player who was an absolute don dada at griffin park years ago uh alex pritchard he he he, he wants him out he, he, he'd have him out tomorrow he says he's rubbish and just 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 absolutely contributed nothing to their team he's so unhappy with him which is it's a bit sad really because i mean pritchard was a brilliant player and his, his career path has not quite taken the right route, has it, Laney? 
No, um, it's, he, he was a player that we were so gutted to, to, to not be able to keep. Um, he obviously went to Norwich and then Huddersfield, both Premiership teams, granted. But obviously he's come come back down with Huddersfield, and yeah, he's just he's just not he's not in the right place. Um, and if he's not being you know a player like him who we 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 saw um, you know on, on the way up, he he should be he should be enjoying his football. He should be being you know part of a you know a team that was 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 just so exciting to watch and he was central to that so yes it's a real shame I'm sure he's earning a fortune and I'm sure he's not losing sleep over that but um it's not quite what it's necessarily about when you've when you've got his ability no not at all and, and if you think about it as well because he did the u-turn from Brighton because he was a uh, he was literally on his way he was, he was practically walking in the door in Brighton didn't he and then he got the phone call from Norwich wasn't it yeah. That's right. He got the phone call from Norwich. He just did, did the U-turn and went up to Norwich and signed for them. And Brian's like, looking at the clock, thinking, "Where is he? He should be here by now." And he did the, the, the dirty on them. And I think maybe the karma has hit him in the long term because uh, you know that's probably not the way that one should behave. But I mean, Huddersfield Town. Just looking at what they're about. I mean, look, the, the results haven't been great. They lost two 0 to Derby. They lost three 0 to Preston, and Preston have been pretty horrendous. I mean, they've obviously sat their manager recently. They've beaten three 0 um, drew one all with Birmingham, which is you know also not a great result because Birmingham are quite rubbish as well. They drew nil all with Cardiff, which is probably actually quite a good result there because Cardiff are quite tricky. Um, and then they beat QPR one nil, which is they they did that especially for us actually. Thank you very much, we appreciate that. And then drew one all with Sheffield Wednesday, who maybe a newly revived Sheffield Wednesday we don't know with uh, with the new manager there so the results haven't been going great recently but then you know they've had a few players that would come in and things might turn around and as he said you just never know we might be in for a little bit of a, a shocker I think they're probably not as bad as they were obviously when they started the season when we, we gave them a good spanking and then recently as well it looks like they may have picked up so this might be a tougher game than we expect looking at you know what their strengths and weaknesses are I mean they're Good at shooting from direct free kicks, so we must not give away free kicks, which we seem to like doing quite a lot. You know, attacking down the wings as well, they're strong. Um, creating chances using through balls and defending set pieces. Those are things that they're good at. But what they're weak, and this is where we can really get at them, you know, defending against through ball attacks, they're not very good at that at all. Defending against skillful players, they're not good at that at all. Avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. Defending counter-attacks in the air they're not very good stopping opponents from creating chances they're not good they're really bad it's basically just do lots and lots of mistakes and also not very good at protecting the lead you know how they play the attack down the left they take long shots they like sort passes and they try to do the through ball thing as well they try to keep hold of the ball and they like to play in their own half and uh, people that normally play against them play aggressively against them which is not necessarily saying that's going to be us I mean Laney listen when we did we talked about a few weeks ago when we did the poll, when we worked out, you know, everyone had to put out, you know, win, lose or draw for the last nine games. And we did it, you know, to be fair, like I said to you, I put, you know, a Forest win and a Derby draw and I put a Huddersfield draw. And I thought, you know, it's a Huddersfield draw as we didn't get the win against Hudders, uh, against Forest. For me now, this has turned into a must win game. How is it for you? Oh, 100%. Not, not even 
because of the you know the the, the, the prediction results that we, we, we did for the for the poll. Um, it's just that there is nine games to go and we have to win as, as many of those as possible. They're they're all they're all must wins. Um, it's you know as you, as you said we play a day later than than the rest of the division, which is a uh, is different to the way it's been uh, recently. So uh, we can see what everyone else has done. Um, we we have to hope that a couple of those results, well, at least two of them, you know, we we're, we're needing now Watford and and uh, Swansea to to start dropping points when we pick up. We have to get we have to get more points than than both of those as many times as as is humanly possible now, um, and Norwich p- potentially as well. I'm not ruling anything out. So uh, yeah, it's, so yeah, we have to we have to win. The ter- the terriers are not terrible. But they are hugely inconsistent, and you, you've you know you, you've, you've outlined their strengths and weaknesses. There, we shouldn't have anything to worry about because you know it's not to say we haven't, but we've got more about us than than they should be able to cope with. It's just down to us to make sure that it's a complete performance. It's a ninety-minute performance. It's a, a performance that's just full of energy. Uh, and inventiveness, and uh, if we if we if we get that right, then we haven't got we haven't got to worry too much. But get any of that wrong, and they're they're a half decent team. I, I've seen them a few times live on telly, um, and they're real jackal and eyed. They 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 have looked really really good, especially earlier on. Um, you know, I did question why they why they were down there, um, but obviously it's just this, this massive inconsistency. Uh, I think if all of their players on their day play to their maximum, then they've got the beating of quite a lot of teams at the top end. But it's just not happening. So uh, we just have to hope it's a not happening day for them once again because, yeah, we have to win. Fingers crossed. I mean, they've got Harry Tuffalo who who plays uh, as, as, as left-back, but he is actually injured. He's been out for about four or five weeks, which I'm saying is quite good news because I, I think he's actually quite a good player. He is, interestingly, in the defence... Looks like uh, when they played Sheffield Wednesday, they've put a, they, they've they crowbarred in Richard Keogh into the the centre of their defence as well, playing beside Navi Sarr, and uh, and so that's going to be quite interesting because it looks like they went three at the back as well, so it's three stroke five at the back, you know, with the, with the wing backs, Pippa and Dehaney because um, like I said, Navi Sarr is out, so that is quite interesting with Richard Keogh in there because if Richard Keogh is in there. Um, we, we, I mean, it's a shame that um, De Silva isn't playing, but you know, we kind of really do need to take advantage of that situation because you know, yes, I know he's a he's he's an experienced player and he's a great leader, but th- there is also a little bit of an Achilles heel there, isn't it, Laney? I mean, we've come up against him quite a few times against Derby, and it's uh, it's been to our favour, isn't it? Did you say Tuffalo or Gruffalo? Well, he he is the Gruffalo, isn't he? The Tuffalo, <laughs> bit a bit of a monster. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, Richard Keogh, he's he's uh, he's 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 useful or was useful or could be useful, but again, oh, I, just, I don't I don't really want to be flippant and just and, and not even think about uh, Huddersfield, but you know, I just I just think that's that's just not gonna. That's, I'm I'm hoping that that's not the, the the situation that we we end up with on Saturday. It's just like it's it's, it's kind of like whatever, just. Just go out there, Brentford, and just play as we know, and then you'll get three points. It, it, it's it's like it's like that. So um, it's, it's that has to happen nine times between now and May. 
Yeah. Okay. And squad wise, I mean, obviously we've had uh, quite a few long term injuries, which has really affected us. And again, we're not going to go into this because we talk about this a load. But you know, you can't you you can't ignore the fact that you know taking players out like Josta Silva has really affected the way you play. Taking players like Rico Henry out, how much that affects your your game. You know, even um, Pontus Janssen when he's fit and ready and up and running, how much that's really affected your game. Um, Pontus is back now, uh, which is good. You know, we need to get him back and playing a few games so that he kind of you know, gets max fit and sort of doesn't make any mistakes. But also Rico Henry, I saw, was back on the training pitch before the international window um, was uh, came down, which means that he's had a couple of weeks of training over the next week. Not saying he's going to play in this game, but that is good news because it means that, you know, I'm saying fingers crossed, you know, Rico Henry could be back within the next couple of weeks. And that is big news for us, isn't it, Laney? That would be a huge, huge boost for us yeah um, I think it, I think the two important things as you say it, you, they released footage Brentford don't give injury updates they just don't do that um, no no club at our, at our level would, would, would really because um, it just gives gives information away that you don't really need to, to competitors but I think what they did was uh, just to you know, as a cheer up for for everyone, you know, the fans and the other players, they showed that Rico was was out jogging. He was he was running round the uh, the training ground. So I'm sure he's upped it since then, and he's he's actually kicking the ball and playing. You know, in uh, in, in small sided games, and and you know, he's in in that contact mode now. But I think the other thing that was important that he wasn't ever stretched off. He he walked off the pitch. So the tear, the pull, the the, the exact. Uh, injury that he picked up it wasn't obviously you know as bad as it as it could have been so um, I'm just hoping that he can uh, have no setbacks at all Um, that seems to be the way that medical science is now not just necessarily at Brentford but you know it's incredible what the the medical people can do with players and injuries and uh, I'm sure he'll be back firing um, on all cylinders very very soon Anyway, I think we're going to go over to JB now to get a little bit of stats and facts. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. So we're going to the final run-in, starting with match 38 against Huddersfield. Compared to this stage last season, we now have two more wins and two more draws. Four less defeats, have scored one goal more, although conceded an additional six. But critically, we have eight more points. It's been suggested that we could need 20 points from the last nine games. Since three points for a win was introduced 40 years ago, we've only achieved this total in four seasons. Obviously, we got 21 last season, as we did in the 1999 Ron Nodes fourth tier promotion season. We had 20 in the 1992 Phil Holder Tier 3 promotion season, but the best was actually in 2016. This was our second championship season, with new manager Dean Smith. When off the back of four straight defeats, and with Scott Hogan coming back from injury, we obtained 22 points from a possible 27, although had nothing really to play for. The three teams competing for second place this season have of course history in a shared promotion race, back in the fourth tier season of 77-78. Watford with Chairman Elton John, Future England manager Graham Taylor in charge and star striker Luther Blissett went up as champions. John Toshak Swansea finished third, just ahead of the Bees in fourth, on goal difference. Fortunately, no playoffs back in those days. Southend United finished runners-up back then, but this year are battling for their very league survival. 
So that was JB with his stats and his facts and his funk. And more stats. Let's have a look at the stats. We didn't look at it the last podcast because we just decided to just wipe the slate and we just decided to talk because we thought, you know, we didn't get the result we wanted against Forest. So what's the point about talking about any of the stats and everything like that? Let's just talk about, you know, where we need to be and where we're going to go. But let's just have a little look at this now. Now we've had a two-week break. It's quite interesting to have a look at where we stand in and amongst the others. So Norwich, obviously predicted by 538 to be at the top. Uh, They've currently got 83 points and they're predicted to finish top on 97 points. They have the best form. They are predicted to be the top. They they are are there. Promoted over 99% chance of promotion and 90% chance of winning the championship. Watford currently on 75 points. They are predicted to finish second with 88 points. Um, They uh, And it's 88 points. They're looking at 77% chance of promotion. Um, and 9% chance to win the championship. Then Brentford, predicted to finish third. We're currently on 68 points. We're predicted to finish third with 84 points, so four points behind Watford, which is a big gap as well. 49% chance of getting promoted and 1% chance to win the championship. Then interestingly, um, fourth place is Swansea, who are um, on 82 points, so two points below us, predicted as well. 21% chance of getting promoted and less than 1% chance of winning the championship as well. Then after that is Barnsley, uh, predicted to get 76 points. So quite a big gap between them and and Swansea, you know, 76, you know, um, six points between them and Swansea as well. 21% chance of getting promoted or 19% chance of getting promoted. So actually between them and, and Swansea, it's actually quite tight. And then Bournemouth, they're predicted to finish sixth with 73 points. Again, 15% chance of getting promotion. Reading to finish seventh with 72 points. Cardiff finished eighth and 71 points. So that's quite interesting. But the interesting thing here for me is that Swansea's form, you know, everything of them has just dipped. I mean, the, the form and the rating that they use, they are out of the top six. The rating that is used by these stats people, they are they're basically the, the worst informed team out of all of them lot you know they're about 10 12 points behind us you know they're you know we're point point two point two behind Watford so us and Watford are similar in the form and 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 Norwich are out there Norwich are a couple of points above us you know but Swansea are about 10 below us or 11 12 below us as well and Barnsley are about six ahead of Swansea and uh, Bournemouth are actually uh, one ahead of Barnsley as well so it kind of shows you where things are Um, listen if Swansea score loads of goals and they still score loads then they're fine but at the moment they're not really scoring the goals and they're also letting in goals now as well so that's not looking great for them and they've still got nine games to kind of sort of spin that out and they've also got quite a few tricky games as well so for me I'm just believing that we need to basically in the next three we we need to base next three games are crucial to us if we can get seven points out of the next out of the next nine to me we're fully in the game if we get any less than seven if we get six or four or five then I think that you know we have to just basically realize that we, we tried hard and we didn't, you know, we didn't really get what we were going to do. I mean, interestingly, Watford are actually at the top of the XG chart, the, the Justice League and InfoGoal with Brentford second and Norwich third. So Watford are actually kind of like they're creating the chances and they're scoring the goals. So they're actually doing the business. Like, you know, what I'm saying it's not like when you get some teams where they're kind of eighth or ninth place and they're not creating the chances but they're still scoring the goals they're doing all the right things so it's going to take Watford to 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 mess up I think quite badly for us to be able to slip in but then you never know do you they they were doing 
well before the before the international break agreed and you know and we said before that um, hopefully the international break came at the wrong time for Watford because they they wanted games to come every five minutes um, because they they were just winning and winning and winning and uh, sometimes you see that you know when you've had a break you come back and things aren't quite the same uh, we've got a, we've got a mini season now we've got a nine game mini season um, uh, but we also have to recognize that Watford have got they've got to play the top top three teams they got they've got to play including us uh, so there's there's scope there there's, there's scope there for, but we have to make sure that we just do what we have to do and then worry about what you know what worry about the others as and when we've we've actually done done the business ourselves I've got, I just think we can't expect anyone to do us any favors anymore so you know we just have to do what we did when we come back out of lockdown one yeah indeed and just quickly if you know Huddersfield fans listening because we do also get you know friends from the the opposition who listen in and thanks very much for listening we very much appreciate you listening as well and like I said to you after you play us good luck for the rest of the season we hope you win every single one of your matches including any of our rivals that you're playing which is all good but um, according to the stats people as well you're they reckon that you're well clear of any relegation as well they reckon it's Wickham Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham City they think is going to finish third bottom with 46 points three points clear of Coventry City you're going to be fourth bottom on 49 points Derby on 51 they reckon Huddersfield are going to finish on 52 points so they believe that you're going to be well clear of relegation so unless you have a bit of a massive dip in form I think Huddersfield are going to be A-OK so Laney score prediction for the game on Saturday live on Sky 12.30pm I am going to go for a 2-0 Brentford win Ah, you've picked my score after instead of that. So I think I'm going to have to go one up on that one. I'm going to go for a 3-0 Brentford win, Laney. So that is where we're at. Great international break. Listen, I'm going to say 100% check out that Question Time podcast. You, even if you're not a Bees fan, you know, it's got lots of stuff that doesn't even talk about football. You know, just different stuff. It just talks about anything. Check it out prideofwest.london there's two parts to it question time one and question time two I think you'll have a little laugh a little bit of a chuckle it's definitely worth checking out as well big game on Saturday we're going to be live on Sky and fingers crossed we can get a result from that as well give us a big like on any of your podcast platforms and write us a review we'll really appreciate that and also if you go to kofibesotted.com forward slash beer and you can if you like it buy us a beer and support us and we really appreciate everyone who supported us so far we are going to give the Kofi people a bit of a shout when we get everybody back on the podcast maybe after we get a nice win which maybe after this game maybe after the game after that we never like that because we have quite a few people support us over the past few weeks and we'll give you a bit of a shout out but my name is Billy Grant and I've been sitting here with my buddy Laney who we were down at the sea yesterday having a good time and Laney thank you very much for chatting to you today yes good afternoon and good afternoon to you too and good afternoon to everyone out there thanks for listening to us and we will catch you after the podcast at the weekend after the Huddersfield game as we say come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.